0: This is episode number 124, Spiritual Healing with Isabel Hunt. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lougheed, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you. To help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a brief announcement regarding our virtual meetup, Courageous Conversations. This is something that we started a few weeks ago through Zoom, where every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time, We host a one hour long call for all of us within the community to connect and to learn more about each other and the individual journeys that we take within our lives. If you're interested in joining any of the upcoming calls, go ahead and leave us a message through our website to which we'll respond with all the details where you can join and at what time. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads Podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough of meeting through the power of Facebook. Wow, that's the first time I've actually used that. I used to always say the power of LinkedIn because that's where a lot of the connections happen. But this time, the platform is slightly different. Her name is Isabel Hunt, and her and I had a conversation, I think it was last week or Mm -hmm. maybe the week before, and I know initially we anticipated for 15 to 20 minutes, but it went well into the hour. Probably could have gone any longer than that had we allowed it to be. <laughs> so it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show and ultimately learn from your story and your experiences of what you've been able to identify as far as what it means to be a human, a human on this planet. So Thank you. I, I appreciate you, Thank you for being on the show and, and sharing this time with us.
1: Thank you. I'm really glad that we were able to connect. Yes, and it was last week. And yes, it could have gone on much longer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into this theme and this topic that you and I chose for this particular episode, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself to our audience. Mm -hmm. And that is answering the question of who are you?
1: Who am I?
0: the ultimate question that we always get asked (laughs) the
1: ultimate question. And I usually don't let, I mean, a lot of people answer with I am, and then they just add their different roles right behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I think about who am I, I want to really say, I am at the deepest core of my being, love celebration. Um, I am a warrior, Um, I think that that, those are the three, three words that instantly come to mind when I think of I am, Mm um, but what I do, (laughs) the roles that are connected to that I am is that I'm a or what I do is am a sociologist and I'm a, a public speaker and a filmmaker right now, at least, <laughs> uh, author of the book, The Power of Faith Driven Success, as well as an emotions clearing practitioner. And when I do speak on stage or with everything, everything that I do really, the whole work that I do is based on self and emotional awareness from a spiritual and philosophical perspective bringing different cultures back together on a very foundational level. Again, that is based on spirituality.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting topic to dive into because, A, I don't think we've had a guest like that when it came to different perspectives this Mm -hmm. far. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And the other part is I've always been curious as far as the different tools and mechanisms that we can use as individuals to possibly help help us see differently when it comes to a lot of these what so-called problems or challenges that we experience on a daily basis. And I know that initially the topic that you and I wanted to explore was what are some of the thoughts and patterns within yourself that need to heal from a spiritual perspective. And I think before diving into that, it's important to paint how did you even come to recognize those thoughts and patterns to begin with? Are there any examples within your life that you can take us through where you were able to identify those things for yourself?
1: Yes, um I have to go a little further back. I'm originally from Germany, and I moved to the U.S. eleven years ago. But I always had this this dream not not this not not just a dream like in a goal but actually a prophetic dream that i was standing on a big stage speaking in front of thousands of people in a different language and back then i didn't quite know what language that was i grew up in east germany so most of what we were hearing was russian mm-hmm. <laughs> and i uh, guess we grew up under uh communism and so it never was really a language that was very familiar to me until I did find or did meet some Americans. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what I heard in my dream, but what am I supposed to do there? Um, long story short, there were a lot of ups and downs and how to figure things out. And it was a little crazy. Uh, but then 11 years ago, I met my now husband and um after we got married i really experienced a tremendous identity crisis i didn't feel german i didn't feel american i i didn't feel like i fit in anywhere i there was just so much uh, most of my conversations with american friends always was in within the direction of Ah, oh, you americans in german we do it this way like i always try to make myself feel better by diminishing what they just said or what they just shared with me by, by making mm. it sound like, well, what we do and the way we do it is better. And um, over time, I already, like right after I came, I started going through a uh, coaching training as well. And my coach that Eric was at that time, he kind of called me out on that. And he said, okay, what is what is all that about? Why are you doing that, because I was doing it with him as well, and he said, it seems like there's a, there's a big uh, trigger and a survival mechanism in place that keeps you from really opening up to people, and I told him, I was like, I don't know how I fit in, like, I feel like I'm, I'm losing everything that I've ever known about myself, and I don't know how to reestablish that, how to build something new, what does that mean for me? And that was really the first time where I had to dig really, really deep in what I was attached to, meaning that I put behind a certain identity, if it was religion, culture, nationality, even my skin color created a certain sense of identity. And now being in this big world of America where everything is bigger anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can everything buy in, in huge packs, right? Um, I just couldn't really fit in and I didn't want to fit in either. Like I really wanted to create, I wanted to save that that specialness, that uniqueness around me. And like, I want to stay myself and I want to be this and I don't want to fit in. But at the same time, I wanted to be accepted. So there was a bit of a, oh, I don't know how to juggle that. I don't want to be like them, but I want to be with them. And it just mm-hmm. didn't work out that way. And so I got into a really deep identity crisis almost uh, depressive phase that I had to work through and where I had to become very, very honest with myself in in how I react to certain people and why I do a certain way, why I, why I respond in a certain way. And so I had to write down, and I, and I have my clients do that too, I had to over a period of time, I had to write down everything that happened throughout the day from When I get up in the morning till when I go to bed, whenever changed, like in my emotional state in between, what was the trigger that changed it from happy to suddenly being angry about something? What is something someone said that I felt created a distance between me and them? And doing that for about a week or even after a week, I did it longer than that. But just after the first week, I was like, oh, crap mm-hmm. i have a lot of work to do because i was always on the defense mm. constantly i was trying to defend myself i was trying to, to defend my identity i was trying to defend who i thought i am and and even things that i knew didn't really serve me or weren't really a great character uh trait of mine i didn't mm-hmm. want to let them go because for some reason it kept people at an arm length away from me right and it was it was bitter, <laughs> to be honest. It was painful. Um, I hated my coach for it. <laughs> I hated my husband for it, and I hated myself for it. Uh, because I never, I always considered myself a nice person, and when that was uncovered, I actually realized how how much I was not really that nice. How I was always trying to make a, to put myself in a superiority inferiority situation. Like I am superior to you. I I know things better than you. I am better than you. Mm
0: -hmm. And that was
1: a mindset that before that I wasn't aware because you just fit in. You just with all your other people that have a similar background, if it's church, if it's nationality. And that was really the point for me where I knew, okay, there's more to all of this. This is not just like a simple coaching step for me. And and this will not just be over after a few months. This is something that goes way, way, way deeper. And through that, I got deeper with my own work my degree is in sociology psychology but then I wanted to learn more about emotions I was like okay there's something about emotions that we're missing within my professional work something just didn't feel right and I noticed that we always try to normalize things we always mm-hmm. try to make them somewhat tangible so everyone can follow the norm so everyone will fit. And understand the rules of how we are supposed to interact and act and so i noticed that the foundation to all of that that was missing was a spirituality part we're not talking religion but the spiritual understanding of how we are connected uh some could even say that the metaphysical quantum physical part of of this understanding you know just really knowing how how we operate, how we respond to each other on an energetic level. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got to to the work that I do today.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's dissect the last three things that you just mentioned. The first one is how are we connected in your opinion?
1: Uh, There is no separation. Uh, we're currently working on a documentary called the power of connection i loved Mm -hmm. how you said earlier the power of facebook (laughs) like well that's perfect (laughs) um the power of connection changing the world by changing your perception where we really talk about that if we were to just imagine that the physical matter that we see our bodies the the flesh and bones would not be there there would just be free-flowing energy only Mm -hmm. defined by its frequency. And energy you cannot kill. That's why we talk about spirits. When people die, they just don't vanish. Their body, their physical body will be gone eventually. Uh, But there is still the energy, the soul of people, the spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? And if we were to just take all the physical matter away, everything, if we were just really go to that place, Um, the energies would all be constantly connected. We would interact within the frequencies. There wouldn't be no end and no beginning. It would just be all one. Um, It was just really interesting for me to even think about this way. Um, When you really go that far and go that deep, you understand that even your thoughts, which create an energy flow on a specific frequency, Then interacts with other people's frequencies, like their thoughts, and they mix, and then they build up and create something new and something different. And that's why we talk about the collective consciousness as well as the individual consciousness that can create and shift a certain perspective in the way we experience life. And uh, the more we still have to learn on the soul level, the more healing of trauma gener. Rational historical trauma as well as a personal from your current life's drama That still has to heal The more there is this internal energetic war going on and that's mm-hmm. why You've why that manifests also within the physical world many times because often this is how we react and respond to people Re, like often we just react. We don't really respond. We just react in anger, you know, an outburst and like, how dare you question what I just said? How dare you do this and that? Um, So that is how we are all connected um on a very, well, let's, let's say that's the, the creative way of explaining it, but mm-hmm. also very simplistic way.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things that you mentioned when it comes to the thoughts and Kind of the motions that we go through in, in talking to other thoughts or really just other frequencies one of the things that it made me think of is are we always co-creating our worlds
1: yes yes we certainly are and you can see that very easily within a group setting let's say you have a group together that is really cheery and celebrating something whatever that is, let's say there's a birthday party and you have a group of people, let's say 10 people, and everyone is just really in a great mood and they're celebrating. And suddenly there's this one person coming in who just suddenly has a really bad day and they just mm-hmm. really don't want to be there. When they come in, just coming in in that very moment, most often you can feel the entire room drop, the energy, you know, how people say, oh, the vibe suddenly changed or what Mm -hmm. happened did someone come in like something just feels very heavy and, and just kind of pulling everything down and everyone with it so if you're not aware and you don't notice that suddenly you adapt to that energy and and you can feel how other people become maybe restless or a little bit more annoyed or they just respond in a more um well, kind of short spoken way, you know, there's just Mm -hmm. a a different way of communicating and that just shows you how one person can literally without awareness uh, shift the entire room. And that's how we co-create with each other. That's why we have to become aware of how we respond to certain situations, to certain people, as well as what we are uh, representing, how we represent ourselves, the thoughts that we carry We often think everything, like if I just think it to myself, nobody will know, but that's not true. Nobody may know the exact words that you think, but the energy related to what you think still has impact.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you personally tap into that frequency at which you are at your, I guess you could say optimal performance that ultimately helps you Mm -hmm. not reverse, but work through some of those thoughts and patterns that you want to change?
1: For one, it didn't happen overnight and it didn't happen <laughs> in a week and it didn't happen Biggest within take a year. Biggest takeaway
0: at all. It does exactly. not happen overnight. Exactly. Because
1: for those who kind of know the reputation of Germans, we're slightly stubborn and it may take a little longer for some. others, <laughs> maybe not so much. Um, I guess it depends on the stage of readiness. Uh, but it took me quite a while. I'm sure. I, I don't know why my coach eventually didn't fire me, but he was patient. Um, For for me now, having gone through this tremendous discovery journey and really being honest with myself, to keep myself in that place of awareness, it's um, noticing how my day goes. Every now and then throughout the day, if I feel stressed or when I suddenly feel kind of anxious or restless, I know now that I have to stop and reflect what created that and what was happening. Most of the time, it's just something where... Um, I didn't trust in the process. I thought I have to get things done real fast. And then there's my, my six year old son, he gets in the way and then you just get kind of, (laughs) that means for me just to step back and to, to remind myself to trust in the process, to trust the flow and just be present with what he needs right now because I noticed that the more present I am with him, the more I get done on my own because then he feels satisfied with his needs. Mm. Um, Other times it's when I don't take care of myself. I know I get really angry, especially with my dog. She's just so good at triggering that in me. Um, (laughs) When I don't take care of myself, I get angry at her real easily. I don't know why, she's just that reflection back to me. Uh, but when I notice that I get for no reason angry at her, she hasn't even done anything. I know I need to go in my office, close the door and at least meditate for 10 minutes because Mm. there's something out of whack. I didn't take care of myself. Maybe I didn't sleep enough the night before, or maybe I just need a 10 minute nap. And in our household, even with the six year old, he's just very aware and very mature for his age. He knows, like he knows, like oh, well, I needs to lay down for ten minutes. I'll just play or read, or sometimes he just sits next to me and reads. It's just something that we know in our house. Um, if someone is in that space, we give them that space. He has that as, as well, and that is something for me to really stay aware. When I am within groups, what happens is, um, I think often what we what we kind of confuse when we're in group settings that we always have to be engaged. We have to, even mm. listening often is about engaging, being present with people, where often it is probably more more effective if we become the observer first before we engage. And most people just dive right in and then they get worn out real fast and then they react from that perspective of, I can't handle those people. They train my energy, you know, Mm -hmm. because we haven't observed the room before we haven't observed where we are at. Do we want to be here? Do we not want to be here? Why do we not want to be here? You know, there's some reflective questions that you have to ask yourself and then be aware. Oh, am I responding from that place of, I really don't want to be here and I'm really messing things up right now. Or can I choose to come from a different place so that I can actually get something out of it since I can't change the situation at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I am in groups, and, and that's a pretty good advantage of myself, uh, but I have a a, a condition called uh, synesthesia. That means that I can see everything in color. My brain, my mirror neurons translate everything in color. It's If it's letters, numbers, music, people places uh you tell me a city name i just have to focus on that city name for a few seconds and i have the color and through the color the psychology of color i know the general understanding of each color i try not to memorize it because then i become Uh prejudiced like oh you show up like this and that's why i need to see this color around you if i do that then it's no longer authentic and i don't trust myself i just think Mm. with my head not with my heart so within groups, um, especially when people come in, I, I can often see the color when I pay attention. If I don't get overwhelmed, if I don't pay attention, I just go through and I'm done. Like literally, I'm done. You won't see me for the next three days. Um, <laughs> but if I do pay attention, I can say, oh, there's a dominant color currently that is maybe green and green is around, um, harmony, trust, growth, and what that could potentially mean. And I'm not making any assumptions, but i am um, just say, okay, there seems to be some, something around trust or growth that this person is experiencing right now. And they may not be aware, but since I am aware, I can ask some questions like, Hey, what, what are you trying to, to do in your life right now? Or where do you wish you could grow a little bit more or, like th- when you listen, oh, you can uh, ask questions in that way that really resonate with them and then they feel heard. And that's how you shift the situations. But that's for me. But when you become femo- aware of your emotional experiences, where you feel that in your body and how they feel to you, you can respond in a very similar way to other people.
0: So how do you see that color if you've never been to that place?
1: It's, um, you, you remember when I said everything is, is uh, connected? Right. I can even do that with people. I do sometimes online readings in my group uh, just for the fun of it where people say, hey, I'm this and this person. Unless it's a John Doe name, I, I don't know who to focus on.
0: Mm-hmm. But if I
1: have a, a name and a picture in particular, then it's very easy for me to just tap in and say, okay, um, divine uh, force, higher power, God, whatever people want to call it. Um, connect me to their energy field, help me to see the most dominant color that their soul is currently representing to the outward world. Excuse me. And that's how, um, how I usually know. And and I've, I've done that for years now and I don't think I've ever, nobody at least has ever said anything that I was completely off. Uh Uh, sometimes it was in that moment where it doesn't really resonate with me right now, but Sometimes after two weeks, they come back, like, ah, I think you were right. I just now noticed that. I'm like, well, if you would have noticed it before, I wouldn't have had to tell you that your soul wouldn't have tried to connect with me in that level of understanding Mm -hmm. because you would have known it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's pretty neat to be able to do that.
0: What happens when you don't operate from that space? Where do you operate from?
1: I get overwhelmed okay uh when i'm operating it's almost like when i operate from that level of awareness it feels almost like 45d kind of way like it's mm-hmm. it's like you there's no limitation to your physical experience it's almost like your physical experience is just gone you experience the entire everything it's, it's so hard for me to describe that um you just experience it in in all in its wholeness it's uh it's incredible to feel but it's hard to describe uh-huh. uh, when i'm not in that space it's like this 2d 3d i just see what's in front of me and usually i don't feel as free i don't feel as connected i often feel very heavy i feel pulled into the physical it seems to drag me down so it's it's a very limited experience of life But when I am having the awareness and I can think more freely and detach from what I think makes my identity, um, it it just feels very freeing, very um, unrestricted. Does that make sense? It
0: does. Can a person, (laughs) and the the reason why I'm asking these questions is I'm trying to better understand that mindset from someone who doesn't see it with the same lens, can a person that doesn't live your particular lifestyle learn how to live and see the way that you do.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and the reason is um, the colors that I see and especially around places and and people, even the collective energy of a group, it changes according to their emotional state okay. and different emotions operate on on similar frequencies related to a specific color. Uh, often what we you know when when there's a saying I'm seeing blue, <laughs> right? It's almost like oh, I'm, it, it's about the voice, like not being able to to communicate clearly. Or it, it, when we say I, I feel I feel a little blue, it means we're a little clouded, you know, like mm-hmm. oh I don't know, It feels a little weird, you know. It's not really being able to communicate clearly what you need. Um, When we talk about anger that often relates to the color red anger is related to the the root chakra meaning when we feel anger there is a need of uh, Boundaries that are not being respected or that we don't respect about ourselves So maybe some grounding just being out in nature can really help with that Um, And so that's that's the same with different organs operate on a very similar frequency Uh, like the color as well as the emotion. That's why it's all so much connected. And that's actually really, really incredible to to know that we all just operate on those frequencies, really. And so what I have been communicating with people and teaching people, uh, I may have this gift, but you have this gift of emotional awareness as well but you have to become very honest with yourself. So when we talk about cultural differences, now you're from a different country originally as well as me. And it's actually so interesting because being from east germany we like to we we like to to blame the russians for (laughs) for having been in that situation for way too long um until the wall came down but there was just a a lot of anger especially the the part where i grew up in um russians had it really hard uh within our little town they weren't very respected you didn't want them the the reputation was they're always loud they're always drunk Mm -hmm. uh and there was just A lot of anger related to that and from a cultural perspective I never really was aware because it's something that I grew up with that was just how it was you know and when I finally left my little town and and realized oh there's a bigger world out there I noticed how I thought so much differently about people from Russia than people from Spain or France that was just a different Mm -hmm. connection Uh, from what I have been taught, what I have been seeing on TV, history, and so forth. And for me, it was trauma-related because I know how much my parents suffered from having to to grow up, or not really growing up, they were adults, but from having had to live uh, East Germany under communism, under the Soviet Union, and how restricted they were and it made me angry because there were uh, opportunities taken away from them mm. and so culturally it, it i had to realize that i carried that trauma that was actually not mine because i was still too young uh to really notice what was going on i was seven when the wall came down and so um i had to really take a look and i i had to go deep and say you know what i really there is some trauma related mm-hmm. to this culture that I wasn't aware, of, but now I am and I'm ready to forgive myself and I'm ready to forgive them, whoever them is, and I'm ready to create a different relationship. And what I often do is cord cutting. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, but you mm-hmm. just envision a cord between that whatever is bothering you. In my case, it was the group of Russians and me. And that cord really seemed very dark, just Mm -hmm. really not aligned. And so I just imagined cutting that, and then I reestablished another cord, and then I just asked the divine to fill that with love and light and create a different relationship, a different um, wiring of my DNA, as well as as my uh, neurons. Uh, to be able to relate to them in a different way. The same happened with Black people mm-hmm. when I moved to the US. Mm-hmm. So, that emotional response, I had to be aware of that. Mm. But if we rush through daily life, we don't pay attention to those little triggers. Mm-hmm. And that was important for me. Like, if, if you really want to operate from that place of, let's say, 45D understanding, like there's so much, like no restrictions, you have to, for one, slow down and you have to pay very close attention to how you relate to certain people if they're coming from different cultures, if they if they have different form and shape, you know. Uh, maybe you have some subconscious thoughts about fat people. You just like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're fat. They're always unhealthy, you know? Um, and that's a, that's a a prejudice. That's, that's something that creates the disconnection. If you're aware of it, you can say, okay, why do I feel this way? What do I have to reflect on that? Maybe it's your own fear to end up bigger than what you are. Maybe you are bigger and you wish you would be a little bit thinner. And so you just project it on the other person. Mm. And it's a level of, of honesty that is hard and that is painful. And that is also very revealing. And sometimes there's a little, not a little, but a lot of shame and guilt related to that as well. Like you feel guilty for thinking this way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where the Hawaiian culture is really awesome with the uh, the forgiveness exercise. I personally haven't studied it much but just really saying, okay, I know I'm thinking this. I know I'm relating to this person this way. This is what comes up. This, I feel it in my chest, it feels heavy. Um, I forgive myself for this. And sometimes mm. we have to repeat it a hundred times. Sometimes it already works at the, the first time. And then you think, okay, what is something positive that I can find about this person or that I can relate to this person or this group of people in general differently? And then every time you have this negative thought, this prejudice thought, you stop Mm -hmm. yourself like, I am loved. I look great. I'm beautiful because most of the time what we project on other people has more to say about us than what it says about them. Mm -hmm. And so when I say I'm beautiful, I become more confident and then I don't have to take someone else down for the way they look. Mm. Often it comes from insecurity, how we create biases and prejudice toward other people and perceive ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah and the more you know yourself and the more you understand your thought process throughout the day the the more confident you become and the more confident you are the less you're able to be manipulated through the news media Mm -hmm. um advertising commercials politics religion Uh, social constructs that are set up to create those prejudices so that we are always in constant fight, not just with each other, but more with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and often we wonder like, well, I don't know if I feel anger. I don't know if I feel sadness. We don't have to necessarily name it because new studies have shown in particular, uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett. She's, she's done incredible studies around emotions um where at one point in time someone just said anger looks this way sadness looks this way this is how it shows up and we all just conform to how we are supposed to experience exactly that it's not true because our past experiences are always different and according to those past experiences we add certain emotional reactions to that that then show up when a similar event is being triggered in the present moment Mm -hmm. and since we all experience life in a different way we all experience emotions differently that's why it's important to go inward so if you feel constantly let's say with something anxious it's probably the best right now (laughs) if you feel constantly anxious and you just can't figure out why Anx- anxiety is related to a overstimulation of the physical and the nervous system. And so when we reflect back to that, we don't have to say, okay, I'm, I'm anxious. There's something wrong with me. I need medication, at least not at first. I mean, if it continues and medication can help, I'm not against that at all. That's great. Um, but most of the time, it's really just a lack of reflection. What is my fear about the future? What is my fear that I, that, I have to, that I have around letting go of something, of a belief, of something that I've been doing, of my work, of a project? There's a lot of anxiety around that money. And that often is an indication to what we are attached around. So we may not quite know that um, this is anxiety. A lot of people just say, oh, I, I just experienced fear. I'm afraid. Most likely you're not. There's Uh probably something much more primal underneath that, like a a primal experience like grief um, or sadness. Grief is about Mm -hmm. letting something go. And reflecting that back without even knowing, okay, what do I exactly feel? You can just sit down, meditate for a second and just ask, please show me where in my body do I feel this extreme emotion? and what is it trying to communicate with me the more you do it and the more you're able to slow down not just in your head but also becoming aligned with your heart the the more you you can hear the message quite clearly for Uh me at this point having done this work for over 10 years now um i sit down i'm like okay i'm not quite sure what i experience it's probably a mix of a ton of it where do i feel it oh on my shoulder okay So what is it trying to tell me? Oh, wait, I'm carrying a lot of stuff around me. You know how they say carrying the the burdens of this world on your shoulders? That is not mine. What is it that I can let go? Where can I choose to trust more in the flow of life? And when I can do that, I can just ask for divine support, if it's through angels or whatever people believe in really, um, or I can ask for help where I can ask my husband and say, Hey, I just need to get this off my head in my mind. Just listen to me. You don't have to say anything. And then I just bubble it all off and huh. he doesn't have to say a word. I feel better and we're done. <laughs> it's just a way of understanding your needs.
0: Mm-hmm. Final thought for today's episode. And the question is something that I wanted to ask as you were sharing this. And that is, what do you have to let go of today?
1: mm mm-hmm. Um, for me right now, it's a lot of um, expectations since we're working on the documentary right now and there's a lot of uncertainty with the the whole current situation of the virus and the lockdown, we can't film and it's driving me crazy. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty. There's also not enough funds right now because people hold on tight to their money and don't want to share much. And so for me, it's that expectation that I have to let go of how this documentary is supposed to come about Um, and just trusting that this message came to me for a reason, that this whole team came together for a reason Mm. and that we do what we can do right now and that I can let go of how I think this will all unfold and when exactly it will be ready.
0: How can people help you and where can people find a lot of your work?
1: Um, right now, but my main website is isabelhunt.com, uh, I- I-S-B-E-L, I-S-A-B-E-L, I can't spell my name, isablhund tcom Um, that is my main website, but in particular for the documentary, it's thepowerofconnection.net. And so, well, how can people help right now by sharing the trailer that's on the website or... Um, if someone feels led to, to donate, we have an Indiegogo, uh, fundraiser right now, or just sharing, I think just getting the message out will help. who knows, maybe there's someone out there who says, well, you know what? I have $50,000. You, you huh. got it.
0: <laughs> there always <laughs> you never is.
1: Know. You never know. Miracles still happen even with crazy times like today. Right?
0: Yeah. And I think one of the other things to point out is in regard to the power of connection, you're always one con- in my opinion you're always one connection away from making whatever it is that you envision happening. You just, you never know where it's going to come. You never know who it's going to be, but I think all we can do is maintain that belief Yes, I that it's going to happen. And that's and how everything has windows. come
1: together. Yeah. It's just how everything has come together so far. And it makes me feel so grateful and also so excited about this.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our show, sharing your insights and We'll make sure to include all the ways that people can get in touch with you and learn more about the documentary and the project that is already live and and that people can be a part of. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Google, or Facebook so more people can find these inspiring and courageous stories. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.